started right away that time. Can you hear me? I can. All right. I think I'm going to put my headphones on. So, sorry. You know, there's not enough time in the day. There's just not enough. There's not enough hours in the day. I don't think there's enough time in a life. And that's that's true, too. You know, that's very true. We don't even uh, realize that. You know, sometimes we do. We'll have discussions. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get in depth about something like that. And then or even when you read something or you hear a cool podcast or something like that uh, and it, it hits us, it's profound. We pay attention. We enjoy the day. And then the next day, what happens? We're back into our busy lives. It's that it's that rat race. Right. Let me uh, do this. Right here. It is the rat race. Yeah. We have to learn to disassociate with it when we're home and not doing business because we work from home. So you can't do that necessarily when you're home, but it's just like anything else in life. You have to make it a habit. So many, many years ago, and I hear it and see it a lot now, there's this phrase that says habit can either be the worst of masters or the greatest of slaves. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So I'd rather be the master and have my slave be the habit, but too many of us have our habits as our masters. And that's what happens right with, with us as human beings. Those habits, be, they become those, those little ticks, those things that we, we do and we don't even notice on a daily basis that really occupy a lot of our time. Right. They call it some people have it so bad and they'll diagnose them with like OCD or something like that because they have to have everything clean in a certain way. That's a formed habit that to me, my opinion, that's a byproduct of us not living in a natural environment. Right. We we live in societies and we have rules and we had to have we have to have jobs and we need money and we got to pay bills. And, you know, and some of us are not. I, I think a lot of people actually aren't doing what they not necessarily should be doing in life, but something that fulfills them, right? That I, I'm a firm believer that once you break out of the habits that are causing these other habits, right? And you're now doing something that provides joy and happiness and you, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in life. Like, you don't really have, you no longer have time to. Well, that's our culture where we live to work instead of work to live. Yeah. You know, it's not like that in all countries. Well, I know you know that. Most right? countries, it's not like that. Yeah. Right. And unless you've been to other countries, you don't know what you yeah. don't know. Right. And not to go off on subjects that get deep and are so divided, right, in our culture here in America, but. I mean, our education system and how everyone's brought up from children. If they're going to public schools, I know there are a lot of uh, blessed people that get to go to good private schools and actually get a good education. But the majority go to public school. And even when I went, you know, uh, it, it, as far as I understand, it was good back in the 40s and 50s. But then, you know, it's so. Let's, you know, turn that into a segue because in real estate, 
-hmm. when people say, so how are the schools? Now, in topics like that, where it is subjective, um, I always used to say, it's not so much the school as it is the teacher. Because just like parents, you can have awesome parents and crappy kids. You can have awesome teachers and crappy students and the other way around. So, you know, it takes somebody to be engaged in order to make anything work. And while we knock public schools, those that send them to private schools are automatically a little bit more engaged because they made that effort. And of course, some can't, but it, it's all being engaged. Yeah. So, and we say that uh, today being a day that Ukraine was just uh, it, bombed. It happened today. It happened today, all over the place. Okay, I've been running nine miles an hour, hundred miles an hour since five a.m. this morning. I haven't watched the news. So, one of the things that I was scratching my head about is that now everybody's getting their money out of the banks or trying to, and trying to head out of Dodge, out of Ukraine. And there were people being interviewed. And this goes along the same lines of what we were talking about just a moment ago, in that when they were asked, why are you waiting until you're bombed before you leave and get your money out? And people said, we didn't believe it. We didn't believe it was going to happen. Which boils around to the fact that you and I discussed this before. I always said people believe what they, what they want to believe. And I changed that recently to people believe what they need to believe. So here you have it. All the writing was on the wall and people chose not to. And plus, oh, I hate to see what that real estate market's going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I'm not even, I don't know how to respond to that, to be honest. <laughs> but I will say this, uh, and then we'll, we'll get into real estate stuff. But um, one, you were correct. Sometimes you say something and, and it takes a conversation to realize that I can't just blanket all public schools and say that. It is about unique, specific people. You know, it's been a common theme that's been going on for weeks. And I tell you about it when I've come across somebody in, the, even if it's a, a, a service call to a service provider, and I run into someone who's actually, you know, a good person. And we talked about um, uh, role models uh, throughout our life. Sometimes it could be a boss. It could be a horrible job when you're 19 years old, but you remember that boss for the rest of your life because he shared knowledge. He was a, he was that type of person where even in a private school, you have that education, but still it could, you could have six, say if you have six classes, five of them could just be there collecting a paycheck, but you'll have that one teacher that could just do just as great in a public school setting because That's she correct. cares, she or he That's cares. And then exactly on the, right. on the world stage thing, um, I will say this about the people. And this is just from my experience, all the traveling I did when I was in the Navy. I think I've told you this before young people should travel, go see the world. It really opens your eyes to things or at any age, you know, at any age, right. Um, but 
specifically when I was out, uh, you know, uh, I was under Bill Clinton. So we were out in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Bahrain. I went to all those places. I spent two deployments out in the desert and um, the people were great. I've got photos. I hung out with sheiks. I hung out with uh, in Dubai, the city of gold. I mean, they were on rooftops. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And I'll say this, what's, what's really, what I did notice is, Interesting fact, wherever you go around the world, people like to drink and smile and laugh. <laughs> so, but with the people I realized in that setting was, and seeing a lot of aftermath in a lot of other places too, is the people really don't have a choice to really make any powerful decisions a lot of times they're basically in the hands of their governments they're just trying to live their lives and then the powers that be they say oh we're at war with ukraine or you know pakistan and those those states or us in russia the cold war and all it's like we versus them we versus them but who's really you know up there at the top tiers of the government that are making these decisions and saying we're at war and taking us to war uh, people, normal people are just going to work, and punching a clock and trying to pay the bills and raise a two-year-old, right? And just got married. And they, they, over a beer after work, they'll talk about these things. But all we're doing is hoping it doesn't hit our backyard, right? Well, it's not likely to hit our backyard unless it's internally, not like these other countries. And well, that, that's specifically what I mean. Like, as if we were one of those people in one of those other countries right now. And you, uh, what's going on there? Like, they're dropping bombs. Whenever you drop bombs, innocent people. Uh, I'll never forget in the 90s, I had this customer. And he was from what was then Yugoslavia. And he would flash around his $100 bills. And I had used to take, once I had customers that I showed houses to, I would bring my kids along because they were yet little. And my son lost a tooth while we were showing houses. And this guy slapped him a $20 bill for his tooth. He thought it was great. But the same guy uh, who was this big man, a big, tough man, burly man, when the war broke out in Bosnia, Herzegovina, and that's where his family was from. That's where he was from, which was Yugoslavia proper at the time. That poor man crumbled right in front of my eyes, literally on his knees crying. And it was just, I still get goosebumps thinking about that because he was here, his family was there, war just broke out right in his, right in his backyard wow. there. And wow. he just actually crumbled in front of my eyes. And I'll, I was young. I'll never forget that in a million years. So now when I see this happening, all I do is just tear up on the inside. I can just cry for these people. It's so sad. I, so sad. I, I literally felt a, a surge of emotion go through me when you just said that. I, I pictured him. I felt that. That yeah, it was amazing. It, it's powerful. And there's people right now in our country that are watching that, that they're in that position, right? They may have family over there. Right. They met, you know, there's another group here in Tampa. They're already gearing up to go over there and try to rescue people and pull people out because, right. you know, our government has already said that they're not going to do that. So, wow, that is, that's so this, another thing. I had a customer from Ukraine, just 
couple years ago. And she was telling me about when they were invaded in 2014. So it wasn't to the extent that it is now, but it, it's still, it's a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Horrible thing. So wow. I guess there was no good news in that, huh? No. <laughs> good news in that is it isn't here. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, that's the thing, you know, I, uh, sometimes my dad's the, I call him the canary in the coal mines, right? My dad is, or Dave, my neighbor is, uh, you were today where I'll get busy. And sometimes, and I do think it's, it's not a catch 22. I think it's a good thing a lot of times, right? Where I'll be so busy for a few days where I don't have time to, to, to watch the news or, or catch up on world events. And, but I will hear it out in life, in conversations. If it's something big, it always naturally comes up. And then I'm like, wow. As so goosebumps. that's interesting that you should say that because way back when, when I was getting my sales training and one of the things that we were told is do not listen to the news. Do not pay attention to business, pay attention to what you need to learn, what you need to know, and don't listen to it. But the problem arises that you go out and you're dealing with your customers. And when they mention something about what's going on, um, you feel like an idiot. And who wants to feel like an idiot? 100% right. So when politics is concerned, you have to kind of temper that. And uh, so I guess that's going to be in a, a discussion for another time. It is. And there is a fine line there, right? I'm balancing it myself as I'm building my business here, you know, in this area, you know, and I'm and I'm building these relationships and the same thing, you know. These people have lives. They're watching the news. They're watching these TV shows and they're, uh, you know, what do they call it? Uh, 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 binging Netflix episodes. And they say, yeah, have you seen this show? And, and it's like this very common show that everybody's watching. I have never well, heard of it. Well, that show's different. You know, I mean, what's going on in the world is one thing, but I guess watching you're TV right. shows yeah. is, is yeah. TV kind of went out the window a long time ago. But, but yeah, uh, you're right. I don't want to sound like I'm mis I'm uninformed or I'm an idiot Actually, or I don't pay attention to stuff, right? I used to, when I did a lot of business in a golfing community, listen to this radio um, personality that talked about golfers and golfing just so I could talk the talk so I can hang out with these people and know what, what it was you were talking about and know who the golfers were and know what tournaments were coming up. I hadn't a clue, but everybody was talking about it. I figured I better learn. That's a whole nother thing. We could go off on a whole, we could talk about it for hours about our re what's in our reality at any given time. Right. It's the whole thing where when you uh, uh, buy a new car or you you're going to buy a new car, says I'm going to get this Dodge truck. I love it. Looks great. I want this color or you buy it. And then what happens? You start to see that truck everywhere, right? <laughs> everywhere, That's right. that color. That's right. um, and uh, or you, it happened to me not too long ago, a month or so, maybe a couple months ago now. Time's gone by so fast. Yeah, it was before the holidays. I was at your house and you mentioned VR. I don't know what it was for, but virtual reality, something at your house. And it was cool. We had a five minute discussion and you put it on my radar. 
And that night I heard an advertisement for virtual reality. And then it was probably the next day or so that I saw an ad for it on the internet. Now we can, that's a whole nother thing too. Yeah, like you, they're I listening to us. That. <laughs> Nobody's listening to this. Right. But, but I was curious about it. So now all of a sudden it's there. Yeah. Right. And it's, Ooh, we can go deep on that. Actually, I'm going to back off because if say if we did live in some sort of simulation, right, if they're going to invent a simulation one day to where we all can plug in and for 30 minutes, we can go live a whole life in a computer simulation. And then when we're done, when we die in the computer simulation, they unplug us and we go back to work. Right. If they can create that, if they create that in the future, what if we're in it now? And we're on a 30 minute lunch break and we're living our life in a simulation, right? Now, if we did that, now Steve Jobs, all these computer people talk about this, like with computers. So there's not enough computing power to, like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there, does anyone hear it? Well, in a computer, uh, uh, in a computer uh, situation, no, because there's just not enough computing power to waste computing power and memory and RAM and all that stuff to focus on any areas that aren't being like when you're playing a video game or your son's playing a video game or you're in the VR, right? All the processing power and the memory and the RAM for the computers focused on what you're involved in right now, right? Now in 20 minutes, you may be in another section of the game in a castle or something. And now it's, it's actually forming that reality around you while you're in that space. But everything you were just at, if no one else in the game is there and you're not there, it doesn't exist. Right. It's just maybe some ones and zeros just sitting there waiting. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's programming yeah. that's, you know. So if we're in that now and, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about something and uh, it's VR and it's, oh, you know what? I, and I didn't even, I don't even know I even, that, it was something else. But I'll, it's better than that. It's when someone tells me something or turns me on to something I've never heard of before, right? And then I'm interested in it, right? So I look into it. And then all of a sudden, again, it's it's a part of my reality. I see it everywhere. So it, it's like, is do we actually kind of create our reality as we're living in it? Like, oh, I think, we know, I think we know we do, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure, right? Yeah. yeah. And, does, and as a matter of fact, I learned something about that. Well, uh, about if the tree falls in the forest and nobody is there to hear, it doesn't make any sound. You know, if there is nothing there with ears, it doesn't because it's, it's only, it's only sound waves. Waves are not noise. It takes the second part. It takes the ear Mm. to make it, to make a sound from it. Otherwise it's just vibrations in the air. Correct. So right. it does take an ear for it to be a sound. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I go on morning walks most every morning. The past couple of weeks, I told you I got off my morning routine and it really affected me. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm back on it. And this sound crazy. And there's a lot to this. Right. And another story about my dad and a record that he swears he bought in 1976 and the band didn't exist yet. So that's that's a whole nother story. Right. But there's a tree now. I walk by this lake on the golf course every morning. Right. For months. And one morning I'm walking by this lake and now there's this big oak tree right on the corner. Not one that could have been planting something that's been there for decades. A huge trunk couldn't even hug, put your hands around it. 
big old tree. I mean, and I stopped in my tracks and I said, this tree wasn't here. <laughs> and I still believe that that tree wasn't, wasn't there. It's there now. It now exists. But I swear, I could swear to you. Now, this could be something where, you know, who knows? But there, uh, there's now a tree where a tree didn't exist. And the thing about that is, is it's like I know that it didn't exist before. But everybody else, just to them, it always existed. Right. So, huh. yeah, that's um, that's a whole nother uh, uh, topic, really. All these all these tangents are, are topics. Right. But that one. In fact, I will say it. So my father, real quick, he. Um, he, there was a song on the radio when I was visiting him one day and this, this singer sounds a lot like Joan Jett. And he was like, he said something like that. And I was like, Oh, it sounds like Joan Jett. He says, no, it's not. It's just one group. And I wish I could re remember the name now. Cause I'm a fan. Now I downloaded a couple of their songs, not a huge group out of Portland. Right. And he says, yeah, I bought this record in 1976 in Okinawa, Japan. Yeah, and he has a solid, distinct memory of doing it, right? And I says, oh, yeah, and I asked him some questions. I says, oh, yeah, I want to Google them and find out, you know, there's some information. And on Google, and we ended up, I ended up searching everywhere that morning, it's that the band didn't form until 1981. Hmm. And so he literally, and I know what he felt like, and I'll tell you what I said to him when I left. He had me go into his house, right, and go into his record collection, get the flashlight out. And I'm down on the floor on the bottom row of the records. And, he, and we're getting into He's like, no, no, it's after R. No, it's before S. And I'm like, Jesus. You know? But I, I found the record and I pull it open. Right. And I look first and I see it says 1982. Right. It's their first record. Right. So Google said the band formed in 1981. This is their first record. I handed it to him. He looks at it and he goes, no, that ain't right. There's no that right. And he goes over to his computer himself. Right. And for a few minutes, like he just he's he's in this world where he has this distinct memory where he bought that record. He yeah. bought the record I was holding. Yeah. Like he, he he swears he bought that in Okinawa in Japan, 1976. Yeah. And when I left, I told him. I says, Dad, this is this is trippy for me, but I'm have a nice day. But I want you to know that I know which how your afternoon's going to play out today, and <laughs> and I just want to tell you, it's been there. And then we talked about simulations and how if uh, future time travel, like if someone goes and changes something in the past, it changes little things in the timeline, and that <laughs> could have changed in the time. Like we went off on a whole, like we talked for two hours, right? But the main thing was, is when I left, I know that in his mind, he bought that record, and now he did. I know. He searched and he's probably done it multiple times, trying to find evidence, trying to find evidence to corroborate his memory. Yeah. And we even went down the road about how yeah. our memories are, are fickle like that. Right. right? Very, very. Uh, did I that's tell because you? they're they're That's because that's because they're dynamic. They they get clouded over by new memories. So what you believe to be true changes over a course of time. I can tell you so many stories. I am positive that I remember it a certain way and it's wrong, yeah. flat out wrong. Yeah. So that happens to everybody. And the older you get, the more of those you'll have too. Yeah. Absolutely. Without a doubt.
I, I, without a doubt. So, yeah. Yeah. Conversation I had with Tommy, old Navy buddy, a few weeks back. And what's cool about, you know, me and him have stories that only me and him can actually talk about because we were there when we were 19, just me and him in Thailand or out in Angeles City in the Philippines. We've got some stories, right? Japan, great stories. But it's interesting because our memories, same story. We were both there, both experiencing that situation or that event or that experience and have different versions of the story. Yeah, exactly. It's fascinating to me, you know, and we're both right in my eyes. It's like, right. I'm, we're both right. And, but it's, it's, it's cool to hear his version of it. Cause it's like, I'm hearing another story that I was a part of. Right. Right. It's yeah. Memories are, are really, really strange, you know? And uh, so you're asked, you were asking me earlier mm -hmm. to talk about, uh, the changes in having me having me remember mm -hmm. listing appointments when I first started, right? Compared to well, thirty-five years later. More specifically, yeah. In fact, that's perfect, right? Uh, and I'll go back to what I wanted to ask you at first. Um, yeah. So basically, you're. Um, well, yeah, preparation for when you're going to go out, not a customer you know already, uh, you've done business with before, but a, a, a new uh, a new customer and you're going out to the listing appointment and, you know, your preparation for that, okay, when you first started, how it's changed, evolved, has it changed, has it evolved, and where you're at now, how quick of a process it is, and then into the marketing, like, we'll do that next. Like, how that's evolved. Like, how I'm curious to know, like, <laughs> how much time and energy you actually put into the listing description and the photos and, and all this marketing. Like, because at your level, um, again, well, I just, this I'm is curious. a seller's market. You don't have to do anything right now. Right. Correct. Right. I mean, you do because mm -hmm. you're the perfectionist like that. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't spend the extra money right now to get to get a, a professional photographer and, and and all that stuff because by the time the photos come back, the the thing's under contract already. So it's 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 aggravation, hassle, and expense that's not needed. Oh, you know, I probably Today. I probably needed to hear that. <laughs> I probably am, am spending way too much time and energy on that actually, uh, the marketing and stuff. Like, how about your listing description, the sales copy? Like, do you get all in depth and in, into that or do you just try something I used very to simple? more than I do now and I really need to, again, uh, you know, it's, so, um, so the, the, so let's talk about that. The text, the copy, you want not to say everything. You want to leave questions because you want them to call you. If you have the way I was taught, the more information you give them, the more reason they have to disregard it. So keep it limited so that they call you because they have questions. Mm. If you if you give them everything, they won't need to call you. Mm. So again, because of the market we're in, they'll call, they'll call you the second anything hits the hits the hmm. 
uh, MLS or their inbox. Yeah. But and so that's in the the old tactic too, where you put the flyer in the mailbox, but you don't give the price. Oh, that's the information they do need to see, because for one, you really annoy a lot of people by having them get out of their car and grab a flyer and all they want to know is the price. And that's the only thing you don't tell them. That means I'm not calling you. I hate you. So I don't do that. Yeah. That's withholding. That is. Yeah. So you give them that and you hide other information that they need to call you about. So you give people what they need, um, so that they have further reason to call you. But to answer your question on on the preparation, so in a market, I'm going to use a regular market because this is not a regular market, but we're going to be going back to a regular market sooner than later, I hope. Yeah, and I was going to say that too. Like uh, a a lot of times, let's, let's just focus on, you know, not necessarily the current situation we're in, but, you know, just in general, right? So... I would have everything done on my first appointment. I would have the listing all done. I would have the most of the copy. I would have lockbox in hand, sign in my car, everything ready to list it. Mm. But I wouldn't necessarily go that far depending. So during the conversation, you find out if they are without saying, oh, are you, are you uh, interviewing other realtors? You try not to say that. But during their conversation, sometimes they give you a clue, give you a hint. So the last one in wins. So if they say that they are going to be interviewing other people, I make it a two-step. And I ask them, and I sometimes, so depending... If I can get them to sign now without going on that other interview, and I would tell them successfully many times, well, I'll cancel. I know how hard it is for you to call somebody and cancel because they'll try to sell you anyways. So I'll take care of that for you. So let's go ahead and and sign you up today. I've got all my marketing ready. And here's a lockbox. And we go over all that. And then I would call the other one. But if they are adamant, adamant, adamant that they're going to call that other person in, then I will ask for another appointment. I will make it a two-step appointment. So do you always keep a physical uh, uh, contract ready to go with you in a folder ready to be signed? Yes. Yeah? Or or have it on my... my, uh, computer or my tablet so they can sign it electronically. Okay. Depending on if it's older or younger. Yeah. That's But I uh, absolutely have everything ready. Because this day and 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 yeah, because you know how everything's electronic these days. So um but around here in our area I noticed that people have no problem signing physical paperwork. In fact, most of my customers prefer it. Yeah, because you know? they're older. Uh well that's fast that's very useful. I probably, uh, and what I do, I don't necessarily have two copies. I'll Mm -hmm. make one. And if they sign it, I'll let them have it. And I'll just take a photograph of it for myself. Right. Right. 
Yeah. But I'll have every I'll have everything there. And that's sometimes how you know if they've seen anybody else or not. If you're if you could see other person's uh, cards laying around, other folders laying around, they have they have an idea of what they want to list it at because somebody had that's usually how you can get the information from them is when you say, do you have an idea of what your house is worth or have you thought about it? Mm-hmm. And they will then say, well, we already had somebody in or, or we're going to have, you know, we're going to get a couple different opinions and things like that. So, um, wow. but pricing on a listing appointment is always, 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 always the very last thing you talk about. Because once you agree on the price, you get that signature right then. See, I, you know, I was on a listing appointment earlier today. I don't know if we talked. No, we haven't talked uh, since before yesterday. So, and I knew it when I left. Okay. I didn't, because I know them. All right. It, this is for Mo. Uh, I sold his vacant lot a couple weeks ago, if you remember Mo. And I got too comfortable. I went over there. I was prepared for the listing appointment, but I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a paper contract with me. I had all this other stuff with me, but I didn't have that. And the fact that I didn't think of it, it bugged me when I was leaving. And now that we're talking about it, it's really bugging me because I have, a, you know, I'm pretty confident that, you know, I can send it to them and they're going to sign it and we're going to do uh, next week. I'm going to go over there and help them stage the house, do the photos and everything. But still, I've now left and there's time still kills. time for them to think right. and time kills all deals. And I'm sitting yeah. here, I just got goosebumps thinking, man, you know, they, yeah. and, and it's not like, and you know, we're not, you know, uh, it's not so like we're trying to, you know what I mean? We just want to get. The so process. you have to remember, and this is something I also learned very, very early on, actually, because I, at first I didn't get. Uh, I was working real hard, had lots of appointments, but I wasn't getting the deals. Mm. And somebody asked me, are you asking for the signature? Are you asking for the order? And I thought, crap, you know, no, I didn't actually say you want to buy it. Are you ready to sign the listing? You know, let's do it. I wasn't saying that. So I just moved on and and it never happened, never materialized. So then with sales training, I had, we had to stand up in our, in our training and say, I am a salesperson and I am proud of it. Yeah. So you have to be, they calling you, you have to be the salesperson. You yeah. have to get, make those decisions for them. Most people are not decision makers. Most people can't decide. You have to do it for them. Of course, you have to do it with, with the utmost integrity and keeping in mind what their goal is and not necessarily yours. But when I was younger and I was so hungry and so I needed it, I made sure I got that listing. I made sure I got that sale. I made sure I made sure for my sake, instead of theirs, which isn't really the right way to really think about it. But the bottom line is they were in the market to either buy or sell real estate. And I was a salesperson. My job is to make that happen. So when you go on an appointment and you don't make that happen, you goofed. Yeah. 
So, so now is there a strategy involved, especially when you know you have some competition? There is there, you know, the last one in wins usually, unless you're a strong enough closer that you can close on that first, first trip and tell them I'll call anybody else and cancel it. I already have everything right here. We agreed on the price. We agreed on the strategy strategy. We agreed on everything. Let's just move forward. And if they aren't ready, then you say, oh, I understand that. Let's just get the paperwork done so I can spend my time now helping you get ready. Because hmm. if you don't sign these papers, I can't spend my time because we, we have to be in contract. Right. And too yeah. many people spend so much time helping a seller when they're not even under contract. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Correct. Right. And and it goes all the, that goes in line with, so sales 101, asking for the sale, getting it done. Right. So th- that's important. Time is of the essence. That's, Time that's right. kills all deals. And, and uh, another thing too, I felt myself doing this. So I, I was aware enough that I was doing this today and then I, I corrected it. I was spending too much time conversating, being cool and talking and building rapport. You've got to bring it to a close. You've got to finalize the conversation, do your thing, and then talk about the price, close the deal and get out of there. Because the more you talk, you could, you could just dig yourself into a That's hole and correct. all of a sudden they don't like you anymore. So, and then, and then uh, by the way, when you're absolutely right, there is a, there is a path that you take on a listing appointment and you have to know when to veer off of it, not discuss price. And when you have to come back, when you know that they're going to call somebody else in and you want to be the last one in, mm-hmm. the, the more experienced you are, the less likely you're going to have to do a two-step appointment. Sure. You will do it all in one. You're going to, you're going to sign it. So you have exactly your, your technique and your, in your, presentation all the way down to the very last thing you talk about is price. Mm -hmm. And once you discuss price and when you're talking, they're nodding, Mm -hmm. they're nodding in agreement. Mm -hmm. If they're not nodding in agreement, you haven't done your job. Every step of the way, you have to see them both nod. You have to watch their body language. If they're sitting back with their arms crossed, you got more to work to do. Mm -hmm. So you take your cues from them. And if everything is good, you keep moving forward, you keep moving forward, you keep moving forward all the way to the end, all the way when you have their, when you have their signature, when you have their signature, you get the hell out of there now, right? You, you leave and, and, uh, so that when you do, you do have to come back because one of the biggest problems with, uh, negative feedback is that sales associates, never call them again. They're mm. out of touch once they get it. So Follow we up. have to do their, we have to do the seller's disclosure form. I never hang around for them to do the seller's disclosure form. I tell them to look over that, fill that out and I'll come back when I take pictures. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if I know I'm going to get it, I take pictures already, but if not, I get out of there as soon as I have the contract done and I don't even take the pictures right then. I'll make another appointment to come back and take pictures or send somebody else out to take pictures. I just want to get that listing and get out because I'm already there for an hour or two hours already. I'm done. 
I'm spent. They're tired. They want to move on. I got it under contract. I'll make another appointment because we need to touch them again anyways. Of course. So you come back the next day or a couple days. And unless, unless they don't live in the house, there's work for them to do. You're, they're not ready for photos. They're not ready for the market. I don't care. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get that listing signed, get the hell out of Dodge, and then come back. And with how many times I brought in boxes and to take photographs, even with, the, you know, I'll have my lockbox. I'll bring my lockbox right in with me and put it right on the table when we talk. Because all those subliminal messages are, are telling them she's confident. Oh. Can you hear me, Julie? Can you hear me? I can't hear you. You might have gone. You might have come unplugged there. Check your uh, check the cord on your on your mic. Yeah, if you can hear me, I'll just keep. To, I'll let you know when you come back through. But yeah, confidence, right? That's a huge one. Is, is confidence? I heard your. Uh, I heard the microphone kind of bobbing. It. I was wondering if there was a loose cable or something. Can you hear me though? Nod your head if you can hear me, yeah. Oh, I think I can pause this. Let me pause. Oh, I should have, I kind of have to burp. I should have did that before I pushed play. Got <laughs> <laughs> a little heartburn here. Oh, um, so uh, just to sum that up, and, and in fact, before we had that, uh, you, we lost sound there. Uh, you, you, what you said will transition in, into the next thing, right? But um, that confidence, Right. Confidence is huge and it is sales. That's why I tell people, people think, oh, you know, you're going to go get your license and you're going to show houses on the weekend and you're going to make lots of money. No, Uh, I am in a great position. I've told you this many times and, you know, because of my experience in my entire life with all the sales that I'd done before I got into real estate, I already knew how to be a salesman. So I'll tell you right now, when I go on my appointments again today, I've been working with Mo and Uzma for, to me, it seems like forever now. And we have this great rapport where I just, again, it won't happen again. Like it was a learning lesson. I was just a little too comfortable today, but I go on these appointments just, I'm, I, I go knowing like, this is my, this is my deal. Like the minute I get a listing appointment and I'm going on it, I'm like, great. I'm about to list a house. Like I don't even think of anybody else. So let me, let me suggest, let me remind you two things. Yeah. The, there, the, the, boundary the border between confidence and arrogance is moves right depending on who you're talking to yeah you're right so you have to be confident but the second you walk over that line and get to arrogance you've gone too far so you have to know that secondly you are in business even though you have friends you're friends you know them this is business and time is valuable to everybody. The more time you take from somebody else, the 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 more arrogant you might come off on stealing their time. So sure. be pleasant and be nice, but follow their lead. If they want to chit chat, then you mirror them. Don't just take your lead and being super nice guy. Uh, take their lead, stick to business, stick to the plan. If they, if they have a story, great. Um, I, I use stories to sell. So I know my stories and I do it real quick and then always ask if they have any questions. So, but I just wanted to say that 
a a listing appointment should between between one and two hours. And and if it sure. goes to two hours, you should be walking away with a signature. Mm-hmm. If you don't walk away with a signature, you spent way 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 too much time there. Yeah, and it's it, it it does feel like a defeat when that does happen. When you walk away and they're like, oh well, we want to think about it, and because you, you just that that's a that's a lot of time and energy. Like everything you're saying so, is correct. That's but is, let's talk about that. They want to think about it because. You know, uh, the sales process is um, building rapport, fact finding, present pre, uh, present presentation, counter objections close, countering objections close, countering objections close, countering objections close, so on and so forth. So when you go in and say hi, even even before you go in, you know, when I first get the listing, first talk to them about setting the appointment. Um, I get some preliminaries. I ask them. So give me some basic information. How old's your roof? How old's your air conditioner? How old's the flooring? What kind of flooring? How old's your cabinets? When's the you last time? Do you do any of this cabinet? on a phone call? On you, the phone call. On right. the phone call. Right. Okay. And then I say, so what? Why are, why are you thinking about selling? And I get all this information, everything, everything. So I know how to play it when I walk in. I know how much time I'm going to spend. If they tell me we're not sure that we want to sell, if we do, it's not going to be for a couple months. Boom, I'm in and out of there because I'm not going to list it anyways. And let me just say this about that. In the old days, I would have pressured them and pressured them and pressured them and pressured them and I would have gotten it. But I don't do that so much anymore. So right now I ask them why. And if it's reasonable, then I'll agree to that. For instance, these guys are snowbirds and they don't want to leave quite yet. They don't want to leave until April when it's warmer and because they're not coming back. And so I get it. If I put it, if I list it now, they're going to be moving April or May, they said. Uh, so I get it. If I, if I list it now and sell it now, or even if we hold off for a couple months, um, then, then, then I get it. So I don't press that. But uh, on the other side of that, and I always tell them too, that then I can't give you a price now. I can give you a price range, but I can't give you a price. So when you're, when you're ready two months from now, call me back. And then, then we'll talk about what price to put it on the market. Cause I can't do that right now. I'm glad you say that. Do you even, do you even go into price at all? If they're going to say too much? I ta- just- no, I talk about, I talk about what the market's doing. I talk about price ranges okay. and I, and, and I don't. Because right. if I do that, then if they are just p- putting me off and going to call somebody back, yeah. they don't well, know how to measure me, measure them against me. So yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I like that. Right. Because even this appointment I went on today, it was rescheduled. So we were going to do it two weeks ago. Actually, I was on an appointment at their restaurant for her vacant lots up in Citrus Springs, right? And uh, then we started talking about their house there. I knew we were going to talk about it. So I brought comps specifically from that morning, right? But in two weeks, what I brought them today, a couple of two homes that were pending on their street have now sold. So now things have changed just in two weeks, Yeah. right? So that's right. so I, uh, that yeah, so, goes with what you're yeah, saying, right? Correct. If they're going to wait two months, why even talk about price now? I got so, it. So the other thing is with people like them, they're moving someplace. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge, huge issue with people right now is because, yes, we want to move, but what happens if we sell our house and we can't find one? That's a yeah. big thing. That's a big deal. 
you know, it's 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 the first it's in my first questions that I ask. I said, if I bring you a buyer tomorrow and I and we close in 30 days, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? What's your plan? Right. And some people, it's funny. They don't eat. They didn't even think about that. They just want to sell their house. Woo-hoo! The market's yeah. great. We want to sell our house, make all yeah. kinds of money. But yeah, you're right. And then, but then a lot of times they say, oh, okay, well, we want to buy another house. Oh, really? Well, what are you looking for? You know, and then you, you help them through the entire process, you, you know? So on that entire process, that's when you have to have, when that situation arises, where you're going to get both sides, the sale and the purchase, that's when you need to be very brush up, brushed up so to speak, on financing. The more you know about financing on and their finances. Now, so at that point in time, say, okay, then I have a lot more questions I have to ask you. How much money do you have in the bank? How much money do you owe on this property? Uh, yeah. You know, what's your, all of this stuff. And so I start talking money and financing with them, which no other realtor knows crap about. And then you can make it happen for them. And then they're putty to you because you can make what they're, what they want to do happen. So they can only move twice or only move once. That's right. Because moving twice is not only very stressful, Mm -hmm. but it's also very time consuming and very, very expensive. Or, and if, if, if moving that one move isn't, uh, 100% 100% possible or feasible doing it within the first 30 days after the sale, you know, getting it done quickly. Right. Um, but that financing thing, huge. I mean, I'm on the phone with Anna every day. I mean, I am in this deep with the financing and that's why this is the third situation now. Do they do, um, do they do bridge loans right now? We've talked about bridge loans. Yes. Yeah. She'll do that. Absolutely. You know, that's something I need to learn more about. And you actually. can't. And, and okay, so we'll talk about that. Yeah. And then we'll also talk about um, a HELOC, but they won't do a HELOC with the end use uh, the end product because you can't have your house on the market when you get a HELOC. And so there's that, all these tricks. And that right there, another person I'm bonding with is Tom, this investor I talk about, who's been, who's just. No, it, it spits out these terms like they're normal conversation. And I'm like trying to take notes. I'm like, if I'm on yeah. the phone, if I'm in front yeah. of them, I'm like, I don't even lie. I'm nodding my head and I let him finish his thought. I say, okay, what's this? And what was that? Like, I'm just honest with him. I was like, dude, yeah. teach me. You know, yeah. he, he's a solid mentor as well. Because um, someone very smart uh, at the beginning of my career uh, told me that financing is the lifeblood That's of real correct. estate. And that is correct. It is. And you're correct. When you go and I go straight into it, you know, uh, the more comfortable I get, obviously, you know, um, about about their finances. You know, what do you, you have? know, at first I remember a long time ago because you were always taught that somebody else's finances is none of your business. Well, it is our business. You're cor- it correct. is our business. Correct. So do not hesitate asking them about their finances and to how, to, how to swing this. And I want to tell you something else. A lot of these people, which is, which a lot of these people, especially when they have money, they don't want you to know that they don't know something. Mm-hmm. And moreover, they think they know when they don't. Mm-hmm. So the, how the communication you have with people in that situation is something like, okay, 
please don't take offense when I say these things because I, I will talk to you like you don't know what you're doing. And I know you do. So please forgive me, but it keeps me on track how I say these things. Mm. So that therefore I'm diffusing that right from the get-go. Mm. I will say everything to make sure that they really know what they think they know and uh, and then spell it out. So they don't ever have to say they didn't know. And I never have to say, well, did you know this or do you know that? Because people say, yeah, I knew it. And they don't. So, uh, so remember before I said, get in the habit of, of saying the same thing over and over and over so that, uh, that if somebody says you said something else and you say, I didn't say that. Cause I always say the same thing over and over and over. Uh, the same thing holds true with, uh, financing. When you're discussing financing with somebody from a to Z, you say it to everybody, the person who knows nothing and the person who thinks they know everything, but you're going to ask for forgiveness up front for, for sounding like you're speaking to them condescendingly that you don't mean to, but it's for your own sake because you want to keep yourself on the, on the right track without omitting anything. So Mm -hmm. it's more for your sake that you're talking like this instead of theirs, which is, partially i mean it is true you are keeping yourself on on track because you say the same thing all the time but you're also not taking for granted that they you know think they know something that they really don't or or it's 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 a mental it's it's muscle memory it's mental muscle memory okay it's just like a basketball player that shoots 200 free throws every day at practice right so he can shoot three of them during the game on saturday and make them right. Why do they practice? Why do they practice? Why do they so practice? Because it's because it's habit, right? Exactly, we talked about right. habit earlier. Anyone, anyone in their specialized field has to do the same thing. One of the reasons why I constantly want to be working on these in-depth deals and getting into financing, because if I'm not doing it, I feel like I'm, you know what I mean? I if, if I go two weeks and I'm not helping somebody and talking about it, I I, I, I lose it, right? I'm not shooting those free throws. How that really works in your brain. And we talked about this before from the top down and then the bottom up. So when it's from the top down, you're thinking about it. Hmm. You have to think about it. You have to put energy into it. You have to be cognizant. You have to think about it and think about it and think about it and thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But when you do it enough, like those basketball players, now mm-hmm. it comes from the bottom up. It's habit. It right. just flows automatically. You no longer have to stress about it. You no longer have to think about it. Mm-hmm. It just comes naturally. Mm-hmm. So if so, what you can do is write it down. Like you're, you know, oh, and sure. I used to I used to say this to my new associates. Uh, pretend you don't know what you're doing. Pretend like you're in a movie and your job is to be a realtor. Yeah. I love that. Act the part. I love that. So, so you have to know your lines. Mm -hmm. So, put your lines on your and practice them over and over and over and over and over and over. And I'm a firm believer that hang out with people in your profession, in your field, in your business. Right? You can't be if you're at least. This is my opinion. I can't do this. I can't spend from 5 a.m. to whenever I go to sleep at night doing real estate, real estate, real estate, and then when I have some time off go hang out with a, a couple idiots and, and smoke dope or whatever and play video games for an afternoon. I just, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do something like that. Right. It would just, I, I, I don't see I the do use. That. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe no, that like, was maybe that was a bad example. In fact, I know it was. Uh, well, I, I don't classify marijuana as dope, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, I envy. I was thinking this today when I saw my dad for an hour uh, when I left. I I, I envy uh, how simple his life is right now, right? Where it really revolves around, you know, fertilizing the lawn. And if he's gonna rake the leaves today, or maybe he'll do it tomorrow. You know, they're kind of blowing well, that's, funny. That's the beauty of age, but let's play <sighs> beauty of age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But Eric, you know, yeah. that's part of habit too. So when you wake up in the morning, you know, I was taught when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is open the MLS and see what's listed and see what's sold. You know what? That's that's not life. The first thing you have to do is go outside and watch the sunrise and get that morning sun in your eyes and and, and listen to the birds and and look at the flowers and and check in with the real world. Then you walk in and open your computer and your emails and check the MLS. But you have to check, get a reality check on life before Mm -hmm. you jump into business. Sure. Absolutely. You know, that's a balance. You know, there's so much balancing that we need to do in our lives, you know, Um, and that's important to our health, you know. Uh, for real, you know, uh, there's many, many, uh, reasons why, uh, I, I, I feel I'm blessed to be exactly where I am in life, doing what I'm doing. I'm very passionate about what I do. I love it. And, um, it's, it's all at the right time, right? Uh, if, if I tried doing what I'm doing now, when I was 25, I I wasn't even the same when I started. Right. I wasn't the same human being back then. Right. No, Um, I I don't know how it would have played out, but you could have asked me back then if I thought when I was, you know, in my late forties, I was going to be doing real estate. I would have been like, dude, you're crazy, man. I ain't doing that. Uh uh-uh, uh, not me. Man, I'm traveling the world. I'm doing man stuff, man. I'm like, I ain't ever gonna be in an office. I ain't ever gonna wear a, a suit and a tie. I'm never gonna, you know. Well, you don't do that. We I don't, don't work in an office with no suit and tie. You know, I <laughs> when I was 25, he did. We were all in the office. We all were in suits and ties, stockings and heels every mm. single day. Well, we talked about that where we live. Now, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes because, say, my, my cousin lives in Chicago, right? And they, people up north in other climates, they, they have closets full of nice designer clothes and clothing is a big part of their life yeah. where even if you try that down here, dude, you're going to sweat your but off, man, yeah. you can't wear that clothing except yeah. for maybe like last week when we had a couple cold days. Yeah. I put on a cool pair of jeans and a pair of boots and a nice sweater, yeah. and I felt like I was dressed up. Yeah. Right? So we wear tank shorts and, and sandals. That's it. <laughs> I love it. You know, I know. It's, I know. It's just one of those things. I know. You know, uh, especially this time of year, like, uh, I mean, what was it? A few weeks back, there was some kind of winter storm going across the country. We couldn't have told anyone in Florida that. We didn't know. Well, we got down into the 50s. Yeah, right. <laughs> we got to wear we got to wear our long pants and our long got, sleeve shirts. I, I got to throw a sweater on on my morning walk. <laughs> right. Pull out the sweatshirt. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I think I I think I wore my boots twice this year. That's another thing. When I first moved down to Florida 27 years ago. 
I had probably 15 pair of boots. Yeah. And that's how you are. Yeah. You know, I think a one pair of sandals and 15 pair of boots. So you want to hear something funny? And they just arrived yesterday. It took three weeks. So while it was cold, we had that little cold snap. And I went with Teresa. Me and Teresa went over to the Foxes and looked at their new condo and spent some time with them. And I got dressed up because it was cold. And and I had I put on my old boots, boots that I love, but they're just they've they're falling apart, right? They ever need a shoe guy to reshoe them or buy some new boots. So I went online, you know, did a search, found a, a store out in Dallas, Texas. The guy had a pair of my size, right? So I I bought them. They arrived yesterday. It was 86 degrees outside when I walked inside. <laughs> These things are lined with like sheep skin wool oh, yeah. on the inside. I mean, they're beautiful <laughs> boots. And I was ex- more excited the day I ordered them when it was cold than yesterday. I liked getting them, but they went in the closet. Like, when am I going to wear them? Yeah. I used year. to have a lot of shoes and boots too when Next I travel. Year. When I when I when I was working across the country for for almost for all those years because I was in winters and stuff so I got to wear a lot of cool stuff but but now you see what I wear I have I have a standard outfit man black t shirt or a black polo pair of black shorts and some black sneakers you know that's it uh, and Florida easy simple when I first did move here I did wear my suit my stockings my heels and I got laughed you I know thought, I. I'm amazed that people, uh, not so much out here where we're at in, in Newport Ridge and Holiday, but downtown Tampa and people downtown, like, yeah, they, they get they, dressed they, up. Yeah. I, I well, because they go work in the office and they keep it 70 degrees in the office. So you can. That's right. They're going from AC, AC box to an AC box. That's from correct. the car to the office. The office I used to have happen. to keep, I used to have to keep a heater under my desk because they kept it so cold in the office. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Some people like it cold. Uh, I used it to keeps have to, them awake. Yeah. I had to wear a sweater when I went over to Julie's house when we were selling her house off of uh, O'Hara. She kept it at like 64 degrees and they're Ooh. blowing. Yeah. She had like a huge brand new AC unit that just pumped AC into that 4,000 square foot home all just constantly. I thought I was going to catch a cold in there one time. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Well, I'll save this. I was going to go into the uh, not uh, well marketing, but basically how you handle a, you know, an owner occupied sale where it's not just owner occupied. It is lived in. They've got kids. They've got full time jobs. The place is a mess. Like that was Mo and Uzma's house today. And it just made me think we should talk about that sometime. Right. Yeah. Well, let's do that next time because that's sure. an hour. hour. Yeah, And, and I kind of we'll kind of keep. In fact, we will do that. We'll start off with that. And we're going to keep these on these lighter, not lighter. These are all important, but lighter topics here as I'm working out the kinks and the bugs on the technical side, right? I didn't have a chance oh, yeah. this week, but I still have yeah. a couple uh, recording programs I'm looking at, okay. um, a couple of the podcasting hosting sites that I'm looking at. The one that you mentioned on the phone, uh, I looked into that. Um, I think we're going to go more of a paid route. Um, and uh, uh, on, when we talk uh, on, on the phone, I can I can go over that with you. But um, the reasons, the pros and cons for that. But yeah, we're working out some kinks and some okay. bugs. But um, right. because when we talk about financing and all this other stuff, man, I want our stuff dialed in, right? But before we go, because we got a few minutes, I do want to ask you, um, mm, do I want to do, no. 
You sent me a text yesterday. In case I don't talk to you, I'll forget if I don't ask you now. A text about Botany Drive. Do you remember that? You forwarded me a text. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And you said something about my buyer. Was that an accident or were you actually sending No. That to me? So I, you have that. We got a buyer on the website that we forwarded to that you said you were looking for. Uh, a mobile home. Right. right. Was that the mobile so home? I think, yeah. I think that one on Botany was a mobile home. It That's was. the reason. That's the reason I sent it to you. Those are, I, I have all these investors sending me off market things because I do buy. Yeah. So, and I uh, want to tell you, I figured you forwarded that because at the bottom it said press stop to, to you know, uh, uh, reply stop to, mm-hmm. you know, to end it. It was like, so I was like, oh, she probably forwarded me this. But I wanted to tell you um, that, that I actually showed that property to another buyer earlier this week. It's oh, so not, it is on the MLS? Absolutely. It's oh, on okay. the MLS. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. what um, price range is that buyer in? Cause I know of a couple other things that are coming up. Very uh, well, that mobile was one Oh nine on the MLS. That's another thing. You sent it to me off market. It said 99, but it's actually listed at one Oh nine, but that's her range about one twenty five. Okay. you know, uh, mobile home uh, type things. I showed her that one and another one over there in Buena Vista, but she really needs to be up closer to, she's the one who was interested in Kumquat, 6611 Kumquat, but it already went pending. Um, And then the other one you had on the other block, uh, obviously went pending. What was that? Durian? Durian. Um, I had, I had that pending the, within an hour after it went on the market. Wow. A call? Someone called on it? No, uh, so a realtor had shown it as a for sale by owner. And he said he wasn't going to sell it because he had back surgery. And then when she saw it come on the market, she had already show, showed it and she wrote an offer. Wow. Interesting. Wow. That's <laughs> what was that one? How much? Huh? How much? 115. 150. So the same. Which I thought was overpriced. Yeah. You said that, right? And then the other one went uh, during uh, uh, a kumquat. During. His he sold his for the same thing, right? One fifteen. No, ninety. Oh, but that needed that needed some work. But it's amazing that these houses, these mobile homes, just a couple years ago, were selling for thirty five, forty grand. You know, I would buy again. Yeah, that, those are like uh, if I have someone I'm working with in the mobile home, like I'm on top of it, the minute something hits, cause they will hit something in a more reasonable range, but you can type in a hundred thousand and what are you going to find right now? Nothing. For a decent mobile home. Nothing. There's garbage. Well, that's what you're not going to find. She's probably not going to find something in that price range. Uh, well, that's not garbage. I, I found her. Those two were perfect for her yesterday, except she wants, she needs something closer to Ridge road because her son works up there and doesn't drive. And I, you know, I, I says, Hey, listen, you know, uh, if that's the only thing, does he have a buddy? Like, who does he work with? Like, is there a, a fix here? Because this is, I showed her a three bedroom, three bathroom mobile home on a beautiful street, shady cove, or I think it was in Buena Vista. And, uh, for her price range, they wanted 99 for it. I was like, you, there ain't much out here like this. I'm like, it's on the debt market for one day. I saw it. I brought her out there, her and her husband. And then I showed her the one on Botany, that one, 109. It's been on, but that's in a 55 plus, but still beautiful little mobile home. Is she 55 and, plus? She is. Yep. Yep. Her and her son. Her son's like 58. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, hey, 
you know, and I just got her qualified for if she wants to look at single family homes, but we, it was, it was below 150 that she's qualified for. So, you know, we, I went and showed it's her. It's tough. It's so tough for these people. I feel so bad for them. I know that we looked at, they wanted to see the property right around from, uh, from, uh, 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 candle, not candle court. Um, what's it, what's it called? The one over there that you have uh, off of Lantern, uh, Lantern, Lantern Court. So right around there off of Michigan, there's a little it's an investor property. It's a shell. It's completely gutted crap everywhere. Construction materials. It's been passed to a couple people over the past like eight months. Just a horrible condition. They want one twenty five for it. And this beautiful woman and her husband met me over there and wanted to look at it. And I told him, I said, this is not going to be pretty. We opened the gate. I was like, please watch your step. Look for nails. There's just construction materials all over the place. We opened the door and it was, of course, I mean, it was just it was a complete, you know, just garbage. 125. And they're like, and he's like, how do they justify this? this, is, this is, I said, hey, listen, man, uh, even investment properties and things like this right now, there just isn't a lot of it out there. And I says, it wouldn't shock me if they sell this for 120, maybe even 125, you know, it's yeah. But then, but then I says, Hey, I got these two properties down here. I'll show these to you since we're out here and they're beautiful little mobile homes and, and they would like them. She liked them, but you know, she says, oh, well, let me talk to my son about it. And da, 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 da. Now, then they'll be gone. Then they're, then they're gone. That, that's what I mean. I says, uh, you know, I'll keep my eye out, you know. Um, but I, I did. I said, hey, listen, talk to your son tonight. And if, if this is something that really might work for you and you want to act on it, time is of the essence. Yeah. Right? They don't believe you at first. They don't believe you. But then they and then, you know, if they don't believe you once, shame on them. Yeah. They don't believe you a second time. Mm-hmm. Shame on them again, but the third time, then shame on you. Yeah. So they don't. If they don't do it once, they just have to learn. And then if if they if they miss up something that's good, and you show them and show them and show them, and they still won't buy it, and it's the only thing out there, don't waste your time. And there, you especially go. at that price range. I, I know. Say, Sorry, I can't and, help you. And it's that time thing. Well, not even time, but like you say, we we can't help it, everybody. We just can't. No, they can't. For whatever reason. uh, They believe what they want to believe, what they have to believe. Right. And they won't believe you because they believe what they have to believe. Right. And if they they can't believe in reality, then you can't help them. Yeah. Boy, do I know that. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, they stay in the prospect folder. They just go at the bottom of the pile. And I work at the the higher ones, right? Well, then you just send them and say, call me if you see something. Right. That's that, that, that the emails. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple like that, you know, right now it's, you know, again, I wish uh, I, yeah, I wish these people didn't um, have a full more than full price offer with no contingencies cash immediately. So otherwise she, I think she reached out a few days after that. And uh, I want, I didn't call her back right away because I wanted to see how the inspection went, but then since she got back and then I sent it over to you. Yeah. So, Anyway, um, before we go, I do. Um, I passed. I may have a buyer for Lantern Court. I'm waiting oh, cool. to hear back from him. Yeah, I've been uh, keeping my eye out for stuff for him for a while. Uh, a veteran, recent veteran. Uh, he he would be able to do cash on that if it's something that that he likes. Um, it's right there at that 300 where, 
you know, he was, he probably would go a little higher for cash, but you know, he, uh, he's been, well, if he wants an, if he wants a, a new roof, we're going to go a little higher. And in order to get good insurance, he'll have to do that. But mm. I, we're putting it at, it's a, it's that with the square feet, two bedrooms or mm. two car garage, three bedrooms, two baths, there's nothing in that price range. No, two no. bedrooms are going for way more than that. Yeah, it's 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 beautiful. I went over there and you gave me the garage code, so I did go back over there. The I other, got the lockbox back on. I had taken it off and put it in the house, oh. so it's back on the front door now. Okay, super super yeah super key box. Yeah, yeah I went inside. I shot and it's got video. new windows and it's got the alarm and it's got oh. a grand new garage door and a backpack. I mean, it's got it's, it's got it's, the things that he's looking for, yeah. right? And the main thing was a big garage space and a private. Yeah, it's area. an extra deep garage. There's lots of space for two plus. Yeah, I, I I walked around the perimeter and shot video and tried to convey to him and talk to him in the video. I said, "Hey, man, this is this is very very ideal." So is he for, local? For you're looking for no, he's over in Riverview, right? Oh, but, okay. Um, he's he's not tied down to anything, right? He's recently moved down here from Virginia. You know, he's, uh, he's my age. You know, retired from long service uh, in the military. He's got some wow. money. You know, uh, you know so. He's uh, all right. He, he, he hasn't been in a hurry, but he's also ready to jump on something when he finds something. Well, ideal. tell him that it's going to be put on the market probably this weekend. Yeah, I kind of I, I threw some some salesmanship in there already. Okay. So I should be hearing back from him. Uh, I okay. talked to him this morning. I sent him everything last night, yesterday. Okay. And, we were supposed uh, to finish it up yesterday, but I wasn't feeling that great yesterday. So we didn't didn't yeah. do that yesterday. Yeah. So this weekend we will be for sure. So cool. All right. Well, as always, a pleasure talking to yeah, you. Yeah, you too. You know, I want to ask you something, but I tell you what, let's in this and then I'll ask you real quick and then and then I'll let you go. Okay. It's a, it's more of a personal thing. So okay. Uh, all right. Let me Bye. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>